Bulls to make it 28 to 3. Arthur Blank loving it. Up by 25. Tossed away. All right, welcome back to the 28 to 3 podcast. I'm Corey. I'm here with Max and Nick. So this is our official 28 to 3 podcast Saints 2023 season preview episode. So we've been teasing this one for a little while. I think a lot uh, at my own expense because Max and Nick and a few of you out there on the Twitters, uh, shout out to our Lovely guys in the UK at Procrastinatus MC Capital. Love to talk about me and Caden Ellis Mountain. Well, you might just get a little bit of taste of that tonight, today. We're recording this on the Wednesday before the first game of the NFL season. So here's what we're going to do on this episode. Uh, we're going to start with each of our takes on the each position uh, or position groups. Uh, and then once we get through talking about how each position looks heading into week one, uh, we're then going to go into our fearless predictions. Uh, maybe some of us will be more fearless fearless than others, but we'll see what each of us have to bring to you for this episode. Uh, after that, we're going to get into the final record predictions. Uh, we had a schedule breakdown episode where we did our off-the-cuff predictions, and a lot of us, at least Max and uh, myself, looked very optimistic. So we're going to see what our records are now that the uh, offseason has matriculated since May 31st. But let's get into this position breakdowns. We're going to start with the quarterback group. Max, how you feeling about QBs heading into week one? Yeah, I got to be honest. I was feeling great until the news broke around 3 o'clock about Jake Hayner getting suspended for six games. Big loss. Big you know, loss. It, it, it's, it's a big blow. <laughs> I think uh, I'm not sure how we're going to recover in time for week one. But, uh, no, in all seriousness, I think this, this quarterback room is, is rock solid. It's as good as any QB room in the league at this point. You know, you've got uh, Derek Carr, who I personally feel like is primed for a big comeback season. You've got Jameis Winston backing him up. You know, we're not the biggest fans of Jameis on this uh, pod. But, and, you know, we've made that clear over the previous episodes. But uh, as a backup quarterback – you know, he's a pretty solid backup QB. That being said, I do think if anything happens to Derek Carr, you're going to see Taysom Hill come in and uh, be the primary QB if it is a short-term injury. If it's a long-term injury, you know, to be honest with you, the season's probably over with. And at that point, just go ahead and play uh, Jake Hayner, assuming he's off of his suspension by then. But overall, great QB room. It, yeah. it, it's, you know, much better than it's been in recent years. I'm extremely optimistic about Carr. So, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, Jameis, we've been very vocal about him. Love the person. Love the personality. The QB play, not our cup of tea. Um, just too much downfield, not, not enough check downs. So that, to me, is where things get a little bit scary. You know, like when Breeze went down and you had Teddy, you know, Teddy was a fucking godsend. Because he's smart enough, not saying James isn't smart, but like Teddy knows who Teddy is. I mean, he wears two gloves for crying out loud. So like he's going to do that thing and he's going to come in, throw the ball where he's comfortable throwing the ball. And even with him, it was a a progression of 
short intermediate, and then by the third or so game he got to, then you saw him hitting like the deep corner to Mike Thomas between the 20s, which was amazing. With James coming in, if, if he has to at any point, it's like, just hold on, you know? Like, what do you, what do you say after the, uh, the, the pass where he threw it up to Juwan Johnson? I just gave it to God. Gave it to God, you know? And I respect that. <laughs> but... It's it's I stressful. It's stre- I respect his uh, whatever, but Honesty. you know you know what I mean. Uh, I'm not gonna hate on anybody for for being religious, but at the same time, it's like you, you it's secular on the football field. Put it that way. So uh, we're good at that. I mean, but I'll, last thing I'll say, QBs. Since we know where we are with Carr and, and Jameis, the Hainer thing today that came out, <laughs> there were levels of it. First, it was. <laughs> Jake Hayner suspended six games. Like, what? Of all players on the team, <laughs> and without any further explanation, you're like, this is just crazy. Then the next level was, it's PEDs. And you're like, you know, there's usually where the guy, uh, they always, like, especially in the MLB, it's like he, the guy doesn't Wait, have... is it automatic six now? I, think I don't so. even know. It's automatic. I mean, it used to be four. I didn't know if it was automatic six now if it depended on it's, what they tested. It seems possibly. like it would be if you're suspending the third string rookie from a team for right. six. That's but what it's I'm like saying. with baseball, it's like uh, he's not as good since he got off the juice. You can't say that about Jake. Like he was like he wasn't good in the he hasn't been that good in the first place. So and then the third level is the statement that he released. I would have never knowingly put anything in my body. I had no idea. Um, hey, deny, deny, deny. But I, he cut and pasted that off the but, internet. He can't afford a PR and, team yet. But the thing he didn't put in there is like, well, he put, but I'm taking full responsibility. And the thing he didn't put in there is like, but I'm not appealing. It's like, yeah, you, you do. You do. So have fun, Jake. Look, at bonus, bonus spot up is up on a roster. So, Nick, what do you think about the QBs? I don't agree with Max that it's a top-notch QB room. Hmm. Interesting. I'm super, uh, you know, both of y'all know me a long time. When, when Drew left the one quarterback I said they should go after was Carr. So, like, I'm all in on Carr. Uh, we'll see if I was right about his fit into the offense. At the time, we thought it was Sean Payton, but we're still running the same style offense. So, I thought his skill set fit that. So, I'm all in on Carr. If he's not what I think he is, then it's probably going to be a rough season. But I love the starter. After that, I mean, unless – let's just say, if Carr gets hurt, for me, the season's over. There, there's no nothing in that room that makes me think – we can hold on to a, a low playoff seed or something like that. The season's yeah. over. It's a cliff. It's a, at that point. It's a cliff. Right. And, and, yeah, God forbid anything happens to him before. I uh, do think Taysom could win a game or two. You know, if we if Carr's out three weeks, four weeks, Taysom could win two out of four running, you know, that different style offense, run heavy. But he can't do that for eight, nine games. And, agreed. you know, he's going to break down. And we know yeah. he's not a great passer. We've seen it. It's you it know. also entirely with Taysom it entirely depends on the opponent. Like if you're playing a, uh, an opponent with a, a high potential offense that's going to put up points, and you need to go catch up and put up points, like you're not well, catching you're up. Leaning but, on your defense at that point, and and he's yeah. going to slow the game down too because yeah. he's going to run it a lot. So he's exactly. going to slow that's the game. That's what I mean. Down. Like you're not getting in a shootout with Taysom Hill. And if you're playing a team that requires a shootout, if our defense is having a bad day, then it's lights out. Well, it comes down to the defense can have a bad day, and you're not getting into a shootout with Taysom as a QB. Exactly. All right, so there we are in QBs. The next, uh, we'll call it group. We're going to move into the, the running back, wide receiver, and tight end. All right, Max, go. Yeah, so this is the skill position group breakdown. So running backs, obviously, I feel great about the room itself once Kamara gets back. 
Um, I think Alvin's primed for a big year. You know, he's he's. I think he's only had six or seven touchdowns in the last two seasons, and this is after having the six touchdowns in one game on Christmas Day um, in Sean Payton's last year. So I think Kamara's due for a, a bounce back season. You know, I've, I've seen uh, we've seen a lot of evidence of him catching screen passes, being used in the passing game, which is the way he should be used. We've got a new hammer in the name of uh, Jamal Williams, which is what we have with Mark Ingram when Kamara was most effective. So I'm encouraged by that. Kendra Miller as your number three, you know, you got to feel optimistic about that, just seeing how he played, especially in the, uh, the second preseason game. Um, that knee injury is kind of concerning. Yeah. You know, but at the end of the day, the kids, he just turned 21, I want to say a couple of weeks ago. You know, he's, he's young. He doesn't have much mileage on him. He should be, uh, he should have a long career going forward. Uh, the fourth running back, who I guess is technically the third running back right now, Kirk Merritt, you know, we really haven't seen much of him at all. Your guy. Um, love <laughs> the aspect of him as a pass catcher, given that he's a former wide receiver. Hell, he's still listed as a wide receiver on the Saints official roster. Um, so you know he's got good hands for a running back. He's got solid size. He's really fast, man. If you go back and look at his uh, pro day workout numbers, they're impressive. You know, with the uh, the forty yard dash, the long jump, the uh, vertical, everything. Like the kid is explosive. Um, so uh, you know, I feel good about the running backs, wide receiver. You know, this group has done a complete one eighty over the last couple of years. You know, I think Chris Olave is primed to be our number one. I think uh, Michael Thomas is the he's a clear number two at this point. You know, Shahid, we didn't get to see him in the preseason, so I'm a little I'm cautiously optimistic about what he's going to do. This season, you know, in, in, in a small sample size last year, he looked fantastic. So let's see what he can do over a full season with a whole offseason behind him. Um, after that, you got A.T. Perry, Traquan Smith, Keith Kirkwood. Kirkwood, I've made it clear I'm not a fan. <laughs> you know, let's uh, I, I think he's just a guy, you know, and I would not be surprised yeah. when Kamara comes back if Kirkwood is the guy who ends up uh, getting cut. You know, it's probably him or Merritt, depending mm. on what goes on in the first that's, couple of weeks, but we'll see. Okay. Uh, Traquan, you know, he, he's a great blocker. Doesn't do much in the receiving game on a consistent basis. He's but, you know, we've got to make the best of it. You know, he's here. He's a really good blocker, and he makes the occasional catch. A.T. Perry, love him. Love the pick. You know, late-round pick. We've done well with that in the past with Marcus Colston. Um, A.T. Perry's great size, good speed. You know, it was fantastic in college. He was one of the guys I had in uh, my usual, my annual tweet about who I want us to pick in the later rounds. You know, he was on that list. So I've actually watched him a bunch, watching the ACC. Um, I think he has a chance to be really good, but we'll see what happens with that. I think he's more of a we'll see what happens next year kind of guy. You know, I don't think his impact's going to be seen much this year. Uh, tight end, absolutely love the room. You know, Jawan Johnson. I've come around on him. I think Juwan's going to have a, a monster year. Derek Carr loves the tight end. I think uh, you're going to see Juwan really step up and have a big season. Um, you know, Jimmy Graham coming back, absolutely love it. Even if he is just, I guess, the focus in the red zone and, you know, and that's it, that's, that's going to be amazing because our red zone offense was pretty bad last year. You know, to yeah. have someone like Jimmy Graham who, who's, you know, six foot six, six foot seven can win just about any jump ball is going to be amazing. And then having Foster Moreau, love the signing. Jesuit kid, like all of us, you know, we we, uh, we love having him there. He's been a productive player in his first couple of years in the NFL. 
um, amazing number two or number three tight end. And then I guess we'll go ahead and lump Taysom Hill here, even though I guess technically he's a quarterback. He's switched. Yeah, for roster <laughs> purposes. You know, I do agree with Nick that if anything happens to Carr, Taysom's going to be the first man up. Um, that being said, you know, in a perfect world, Carr stays healthy and we get to utilize Taysom like we did in the first couple of games last year. If you guys remember, there was a point he was averaging like eight yards a carry, you know, and he had around 200 yards rushing. I mean, he is an absolute weapon. And I think with the, the uh, I guess, the introduction of these other weapons in the offense, you know, and people getting more seasoning, you know, Taysom could be a real, a real headache to deal with if you're an opposing defensive coordinator. So I'm excited about the running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends, man. It, it's the best group we've had in a long while. Yeah, Taysom definitely fits into the if used properly category. Um, I'll say that – well, we'll go – I'll take them in – I was going to go reverse order, but I'll take them in order. Running back, wide receiver, tight end. Uh, you said it with having uh, Jamal Williams in the fold because I feel like in years past – You've had, you know, if you go back to Carmichael, not go back to, but like go the years that it's been Peyton Carmichael, you've had your top two running backs being like different roles. Uh, so Kamara is obviously a different role than than Jamal, um, but usually the two guys were kind of like homegrown, you know, like where, where you had Reggie and Pierre. It was like Reggie's your obvious draft pick, but Pierre was more homegrown, UDFA. Uh, you bring in Mike Bell, unsung UDFA, but then did some damage when he got to the team. It was never uh, better than Kamara and Ingram, though. Exactly. Never I better. mean, Boom and Zoom was the way to go. Uh, but even you know, there, he had two draft picks. I like the fact that we brought in a proven commodity free agent running back in Jamal Williams. And obviously, yes, we knew what was coming down the pipe with the suspension in Alvin, but it, it's kind of like what we talked about before. Like, you know whether it's DA calling the personnel shots or Mickey Loomis helping him out. I mean, you got to figure there's influence from DA and he did not, he's not fucking around this year. He's saying if that, if I'm coaching for my job, then I'm bringing in as much athletic ability as I can. So he brings in a guy like Jamal Williams led the league in touchdowns. So he's your guy for the first three weeks. I love that. Uh, besides that. Yeah. It's kind of, we, it's kind of a question mark. I mean, question mark on Kendra's health, you know, if Jamal's the hammer, then Kendra's the mallet if he's healthy. Uh, after Kendra, it's yet to be seen. We all were kind of scratching our heads about them totally ditching Ellis Merriweather. We thought maybe he was going to be your guy to come back in, but Merritt's got some potential. Wide receivers, I differ with Max on the idea that Michael Thomas is a, quote, clear number two. I still think Michael Thomas, I'm not calling him our bona fide wide receiver one especially given what Olave did last year the talent that he's shown the progress he made in camp and what we expect out of him this year but I really do think it's closer to a one and one a than a one and two I'm not saying that record breaker Michael Thomas is going to be here this year but I've got more on him later um after that though I you, you have to like what we ha- what we have again it's Similar to the homegrown situation we've had before, but Rashid Shahid showed himself out last year. We know we have him with him. We've got, you know, I'm not as down on Kirkwood as Max is. I think he's got potential. But uh, but again, he's got to prove a lot more. Uh, 
agree with Max on A.T. Perry. Um, but overall, I mean, top to bottom, just just how hard the cuts were this year with wide receiver, I feel like in years past it's been harder to make the cuts even. I mean, it's been, it hasn't been as hard to make the cuts. It's been easy to just say, yeah, these are your top five and maybe we'll throw in a sixth. Uh, agree with you on tight end. Um, I do think, you know, I'm a believer in Jimmy. And uh, we know what we have in Juwan. Uh, I'll say this. Juwan is not going to be Darren Waller. He's not going to be a 75, 80 catch guy. Uh, he's going to have a good year. He's, don't get me wrong. Like, he's going to cook. But, like, 75, 80 catches out of a tight end position, when you have Thomas, Olave, and AK, I mean, Juwan's going to do really good things for this offense but he's not going to be a Darren Waller just because uh, Carr likes tight ends. There's too much to spread around, but Juwan's going to be great. Uh, Foster's great depth. Jimmy is just the ultimate red zone threat. I don't know if you try to double him. I don't know who like what you do because then you've got Thomas, you've got AK, you've got a, you got taste of running power. Um, so I think we're set there, um, and I like what we have. What you got, Nick? I don't think you can say that about Juwan. Yet, the reason I say that is he should get a lot of great matchups this year. He should, but 75-80 is a ton of receptions for tight end. It, it's it's, it's a lot. Uh, you know, something in the 70s is possible if they give him the snaps. Um, the question is, how much do they rotate this way? I, I don't think Jimmy's a factor at all, just FYI. I think he's there for um, red zone you know, um, that's still a factor. If you're, it is, but it's not a factor, you know, it's, it's going to be a niche and it should be a niche type role. I think he's there probably for some leadership. He really wanted to be here. He's excited to be here. Young tight ends, you know, they've got an athletic freak like he was that he can help mentor. I I think he's there support and to cause trouble in the red zone, you know, trying to guard, you know, six, five plus Johnson, Graham, and then Thomas, in a red zone situation is a matchup nightmare for any defense. You just don't have three players who can guard players who can box you out like those three guys can. So I think he's going to do a lot of things that help the team, but he's not a factor as far as, you know, making a huge impact from game to game. You're going to have a game where he'll catch two touchdowns. You might not see him for three weeks. Yeah, he's he's not going to do anything between the 20s. So, you know, from that standpoint, um, Jawan, I think from a statistical standpoint, I – don't think I don't think he earned the money we gave him to be fair his skill set in this offense with this quarterback is going to depend on how much we run through him the numbers could be whatever Carmichael wants him to be in my opinion because if he wants to give him 100 targets this year those stats are going to look crazy I can tell you he's going to the Pro Bowl in the NFC if he doesn't and he wants to focus more on the you know the other skill positions that we have perfectly fine it's just going to depend where he finds Carr's biggest comfort level is. Is Carr going to focus on AK and using him more in the passing game, or is he going to go away he's gone his whole career and look for the tight end as that safety blanket instead and load up extra catches for Juwan? So I think yeah, we have to see how Carr feels about it a little bit. Um, I'll say this real quick. I don't want to see him like crutch on Juwan. Like Breeze tended to just – hone in only on Jimmy or like Hayner did with Lucas Kroll in the last recent game. He's not going to. There's too many weapons for so him. So that's to the only that. thing. As long as it's, like you said, Nick, if it's balanced, 
I'm down with it. But, but if, you know, there's always that season, you know, uh, from season to season. There's like the Lance Moore year with Breeze. Every time on third down, Lance Moore got the ball. And it was like every time. And he's like, he just knew yeah. it. They had that feel. I feel like that's what Juwan could be on third. And then, yeah. But it could also be Thomas because he's unguardable on a on a any five to eight yard route. Who who can there's out muscle be him to a spot? A lot there for Mike with the focus having to be on Olave, Juwan, AK when he comes back. Anyway, I feel uh, so. I say his potential from a stat standpoint is there is no ceiling for Juwan, in my opinion. I don't think that makes him one of the best tight ends in the league, but I think his role could be limitless. It could be a, a 45 catch year, it could be an 80 catch year. It just depends on could be. what yeah. we do. Agreed. Uh, both of those are possible, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see how that de- develops. Um, from the wide receiver standpoint, I still say from a defensive scheme standpoint that Thomas will take the one spot. That does not mean I think Thomas will end up with a better year than Alave, statistically. He'll he'll draw the best guy on the other side? Huh? You mean he'll draw the best defender? Or the most attention. They'll they'll drop someone in that in you know bracket them exactly. They'll they'll yeah. be that linebacker sliding over into his slant routes. They'll be all this different combination, but the focus will be there, in my opinion, at okay. least initially. Now, if Alave comes out and has you know four or five you know massive games, letting them you know focus on Thomas and him running wild, yeah, it'll change. So right? let me just ask you this question though. So are you saying that the NFL defensive coordinators? know more than the fans who they are might. ignoring Mike Thomas and looking at Olave. Yeah. Now the other factor is obviously he has to be on the field. So we'll yeah. see if he's on the field, you know, even if we all know he's not the same player, that's a certainty. Right. If anyone's expecting anywhere close to those numbers, it's not the case. He's still unguardable for what he does. He's unguardable in certain plays. The hand Correct. Goes, yeah. But like, if you need a play, he the can hand- almost tell you what he's doing. And you still are going to have a difficult time stopping it if the ball is where it should be. So, yeah. and he doesn't drop passes. He's tough as shit. He can take that hit on anyone. So, I just feel like that's how it starts out. Now, like I said, if Olave comes out screaming, you got uh, it. You they're got gonna. It. Yeah. It'll shift quick, um, which would be fantastic for us. Cause yeah, MT on the second best cornerback for any team that we play would be amazing. After that, obviously, after those two. Which I think are both. I think optimistically, I think Thomas is going to play. You know, fourteen plus games. I think he gets back to um, a factor. Knock on, I'm not. He's going on, on wood. That's what that was. If he plays those fourteen, <laughs> he's probably in the eighty catch range. If I had to call it something, eighty-five, um, somewhere around a thousand yards, is what I'm thinking for him. But that's just because it's got. A, there's so much to spread out, and we're. You know, there's too many people to feed right now, which is a really great problem to have. But he'll be the go-to in tight spots if it's not Jamon. Those will be the two guys I think Carr goes to in the tight on the third and short, third and four, third and six. Yeah, that's what you get with a smart, capable quarterback. He goes to his sure-handed guys, and he can put the ball where he needs to put the ball. Yeah, Um, I think Shahid um, doesn't take a step back, but his role takes a step back. He'll be used (laughs) as that shock player. Um, He's going to get. Plenty of those chance, multiple of those chances a game, I think, to sure. make a huge impact on the game, and he'll impact a few games massively. So you're saying the Devery Henderson role? Yep, we're going yeah. back to that. It'd uh, be nice it. if Love we it. if we hit a few with him first, like where, you know, 
you're not threatening it without the bite. Like he's caught three 40 plus yard touchdowns by week five. So when you use him as a decoy, it's credible versus trying to use him as a decoy. The team say like, well, they ain't thrown to him. I think if he's behind the defense three straight times in a game, yeah, it'll be an adjustment. <laughs> yeah, I, I just that's it, that's fair. That's very fair. He, yeah. he, I mean, we've seen it. He can burn any, you know, that guy moves. And look, and, he's got contested catchability, man. Yeah. He made a few of them last year. That that's were what I'm impressive saying. catches. That run in the Bengals game, even the yak. I mean, he made moves that yeah. running backs don't make. Yeah, it was amazing. But you'll even in the you know the Peyton era, a big thing we did is we threw it deep, no matter what the coverage. Every once in a while, that's going to be the Shahid. Where it's like, drop back, give Shahid a chance. And it's going to be that contested catch if the coverage is right. Right. He would tell Drew, we all know this, if the coverage was right and we know he's one-on-one, throw it. Just give him a chance. And we're going to do that a few times a game. I think that's coming back now that we have a guy with the arm to do it. Running back, I think part of this, the Keandre thing, if he's a non-factor, it doesn't even bother me. I think we're... Did you say Keandre? Sorry. <laughs> okay, just making sure. Yeah, I've heard Adam say Keandre before. You know, I like to lean into it. We'll give it a French accent next week. But Keandre. Keandre. Um, I think people are underestimating Williams. Williams was, among running backs, the 10th leading rusher last year in a split-back system. He was not the only back in that system. Swift got plenty of run in Detroit. In that split-back system, he was 10th in the league in rushing. More yards than Kamara's ever had in a rushing season in his career. 17 touchdowns. Uh, I think Kamara's best is 16 rushing touchdowns. We're underestimating that role, that we've brought back a better version of Mark Ingram, in my opinion. This is just my opinion. No, I agree. Back to that prime. When when Ingram and Kamara were cooking together, we could be seeing that again. And Yeah. We don't need anything after that if they're both healthy and going after after the third game. Yeah, that's a good point. I agree with that. Yeah, and I think to that point, better than Ingram, it's it's just different. It's like he's a more modern running back than Ingram. I mean, Ingram still came from that day of the ground and pound uh, where running backs were built like a Tonka truck, like mm-hmm. he was. And Jamal, Well, Ingram was a prototypical 1988 that's running what, back. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, like, when you bring in a guy like Jamal, like, he's different. I he mean, can catch. He, he can, he can yeah. do a lot more. So, um, so I'm loving that. I mean, this this what I call the skill category. Since you put them all in one, this yeah, might be the best. If you're counting that as a grouping, as skill, it might be the best grouping on the team. I said it. Before, it is. I agree. One of our I earlier agree. episodes, like we don't have enough spots on the field. Even if you're running only five offensive linemen in an empty set, yeah, we don't have enough positions on the field to put guys. That would be starters on other teams. Think about this on third down, it's, real it's quick. It's an embarrassment of virtues. If you're going to roll out Thomas, Olave, Shahid, Jawan, okay, and Kamara, it's five. Taysom's not on the field. Jamal Williams not on the field. Exactly. Yeah, it's crazy to you really think of it that way. That bona fide starters on other teams sitting on the sideline, difference maker, out of necessity. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's it, it's. I just again like no, it, it's, it's on, on paper. paper. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, we jinx there. You know, it's stay healthy on paper, all that good stuff. All right, so you got anything I, else on the uh, skill positions? No, I, like I said, I think it's the strongest grouping. If we put that as a grouping, as Collins' skill, I think it's probably the best group we have on the team. Now we've talked about O line in other episodes. Uh, we've even compared this current O line to the Super Bowl O line. That was a few episodes ago. 
how you feeling now, Max? I'm not saying you should be feeling any different. You could be feeling the same. But what do you think about the O-line? You know, I'll say this. The starters I feel pretty good about. I get worried if somebody gets hurt and we got to go to the second string. Um, Trevor Penning, you know, it all starts with him. This team on offense is going to go as far as the offensive line takes them. You know, it is imperative that Penning plays all 17 games and has a good season. You know, if he does that and he lives up to his immense potential, we're going to be in a good spot. The uh, left guard spot, you've got Andrus Pete and James Hurst apparently slugging it out, given that they're the co-starters on the Saints' official depth chart that got released the other day. Um, I think I'd like to see Hurst go ahead and assume that role, given that Pete is going to be gone next season, you know, with the contract restructuring. He's not going to be back. So I'd like to see Hurst go ahead and claim that role. Center Eric McCoy, we've gone over this before. Eric McCoy, he's on his way to being one of the best centers, if not the best center in Saints history, just the way he's going. I think he's only 26 years old right now. You know, he's already had a, a really good career. Um, the sky's the limit with him. He's only getting better. Right guard, Cesar Ruiz, looking better last year. You know, hopefully he can build on that and get even better this season. Right tackle, Ramchak. You know, Ramchak was on, and Nick and I have talked about this numerous times offline, he was on a Hall of Fame trajectory until the injuries kind of kicked in. You know, so let's see. He's had, I think, two injury-marred seasons in a row. Not injury-marred, but injury-affected. Slowed him down, yeah. Slow, sure. Slowed him down, you know, and, and his pace is not what it was. You know, he was he was all pro. And, you mm-hmm. know, the last two seasons, he, he hasn't been an all pro, and that – that, uh, I guess, put a monkey wrench in his, his whole Hall of Fame case. And he's, I want to say he's 29 right now. So he's getting up there in age. Yeah. You know, he was one of the older guys when we drafted him. I want to say he was 24 when we picked him. I think, so, he was, I think we drafted him 23 and he turned 24. Yeah, he turned 24 quick. in time for the season. Yep. So, you know, that's always, that's always, that hurts your case for the Hall of Fame. You know, you got to be pretty much lights out from day one. But he's still a really good player. Hopefully injuries are behind him and he can uh, show out like he did for the first couple of years of his career. As far as backups, I love the uh, Nick Saldaveri guy. You know, he, he when we picked him, none of us knew who the fuck he was. But watching him in the preseason and just reading what we've read about him, you know, he's he's got potential. He plays tackle. He plays guard. He might even play center. You know, we shouldn't need him there uh-huh. given that we have McCoy. Well, I think that's um, why they kept Garcia. Well, Garcia is a, a true center, That's and he's been playing. He, he, I want to say he's 30, 31, so he's been in the league for a while. Um, so it's good to go ahead and have him. You know, so if anything happens to McCoy, we know we can plug him in. Yeah. We'll be solid. You know, last last year, I want to say uh, Throckmorton was pretty much the primary backup at center, guard, and tackle. So now we've got a little more flexibility if anything happens to the starters. Um, Landon Young, I know from talking to reporters who covered the team, they've you know, there's high hopes for Landon Young at uh, at the tackle position. So right now he's the primary backup at, at left tackle and right tackle. So if anything happens to either of those guys, he's going to be the one that has to step in and step up. So let me go ahead and say this. This position group, to me, is the pivotal position group for the team. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if they flounder and have injuries and just bad performances, the offense is fucked. So they have yeah. to perform. You know, this yep. is literally, this is the foundation that the, the, the house of the Saints offense is built on. If Penning sucks and Ruiz regresses and let's just say McCoy gets hurt, there's going to be issues. 
You know, you're looking at the, the, the whole offense can unravel. So they really need to stay healthy and they need to perform. It is it's the biggest swing position on any any position group on the roster. So fingers yeah. crossed. Hopefully they can stay healthy and perform up to their potential. Could look at it. You got Penning was a first round pick. You got Andrews Pete was a first round pick. James Hurst was a higher pick. Eric McCoy was a second Ruiz round pick. Caesar Ruiz was a first round pick. Since they have a lot invested. Right tackle Ramchak yeah. was a first round pick. These guys should be fucking great. They just need to stay healthy, and they need to perform up to where they were drafted. So, fingers crossed. Hopefully to be they fair, can. all well, of them have played at that level at some point other yeah. than Penning. It's it's getting them all doing it at the same time, and yeah. injury issues obviously are a big part of it. Well, it's safe, safe to say we've learned from the other side of the trenches that the uh, number of your draft pick does not necessarily equate to success. Hashtag two firsts. But... I would have said Stefan Anthony, but yeah. And that, and that too. Um, I'll say this. There's there, a lot. There's, like you said, it's, it's the foundation of what we're trying to do this year. If we want this team to be special, this group, I'm not going to say this group has to be special, but this group can't fuck it up. You know, they got to be good, like, man. They got to be, be good, but they just can't be the ones that ruin the party when the parents are gone. You know, it's like we got the house to ourselves. Everybody else here is cool. Uh, just just don't do anything stupid that's going to make somebody call the cops. You know? And I'll say this. No other position group stresses me out more than this position group. One through five starters, I will say I'm not on your shelf if you're still there with the fact that they're comparable to the Super Bowl O-line. That's really in performance. Maybe potential they are. We've already had that discussion. I potential. potential. I didn't say they and we were. Had the, yeah. We said the skill level. I think the, the skill, skill level, level and the potential. I need to see them play together. And I'll say this. When you were listing them off, it reminded me of like that this O-line to me, when I look at from center to the right, I love it. But to me, this is like a Harvey Dent offensive line. Because you got a normal face on the right side, but on the left side, you don't know what the fuck's going on yet. We might find out. That might be good. But with Penning, we just don't have a consistent well, sample size of the dude, like, being a dude for multiple consecutive games. And then we don't even know who the starter is at left guard. They're listing two people as, as starter on depth chart. So, well, to me, but, it's a Harvey Dent offensive line. But timeout. It's two As things. much shit as we give Andrews Pete, Andrews Pete is an effective starter at guard. It's just that when you look at when it from the lens be. of being, I think, the 15th or 16th pick in the draft, whatever it was, and then getting that massive second contract that he got, that right there has just tainted the image of Andrews P to all of us. I'll the reality is when he plays, he's a he's a rock-solid starting guard. Not think, every game. Let's Not think about it this game. way. When he leaves, he's better than does some. he get paid? Well, I yeah. mean, Marcus he's Davenport got, he's getting paid. Marcus Davenport got paid. He by got the a one-year deal. So, like, that's not a. It, he might get a one-year deal. My thing is, I no, he'll get a three or four-year deal. Yeah, I mean, is he better than half of the other? Yes, yes. left guards. Sure, yeah, but like, it's to me the biggest word that keeps coming back, and this is across every position across the entire offseason, and it's a, it's a crazy complicated word. You ready? Consistency. It is not there with Pete. He has had great games. He has performed well. He has showed his potential. I'm looking for him to string 
the, another word that the players keep saying is we're stacking up practices. We're stacking good practices. We want to stack wins. I want to see him stack it. You know, Pete has not had a history of stacking good performances. So when I say Harvey Dent, two-face offensive line, because we don't know what Pete is yet. He, we know how we know his potential. I mean, let's not. I'm not going. I'm well, not going. we're past potential with Pete. Yeah, he's 29 point. years old. He's either it or he's yeah. Or he didn't you're, do if it. you're going to pick I'm on sorry, the left I'm, side no, I mean, of the line, the ugly, oh. scarred up face of the offensive line is Penning at this point because I, we I, know that's, nothing. That's what I meant to say, Penning. We don't know anything about Penning. It's we don't like, know anything. We know about Pete. Pete well, is a Pete's a top 16, 17 guard in the league. But what he's, we don't know about Pete is what Pete you're going to get game to game. No, you know he's going to get hurt for I, four right. to six I games. I think you know. You might you not know like he's going to get when he starts. I, but what I'm saying is I think there's two things with Pete. One, the injuries, right? That's the big thing. The performance when he's in the game is often very good and consistent. Yes. Are there mistakes? Sure. There's been games of penalties. All that. Like over a season, pretty consistent player when he's in there. His inconsistency is not being in there. I guess the Correct. thing with him is that when he does make the mistakes, they're glaring. Maybe that's that's fair, um, but number two, like Max said, is the contract. The fans will not give Pete a break because of his contract. If we'd have paid him correctly, he would face almost none of this yep. backlash that he gets. It's because we paid him too much, and that's a front office problem. That's not an Andrews Pete problem. Good for Andrews Pete. I mean, congratulations. Yeah. If someone wants to pay me double, even though I'm not that good, <laughs> I'm I'm here for that, dude. Let's do I'm it. I'm not hating on him getting his bag. <laughs> At all, and uh, I, I just think for me, it just the, it comes down to the consistency. I just you well, know, we say three times Pro Bowler, right? But then, but then here, he, but answer me this: Why is James Hurst listed as co-starter? Is James Hurst that good? So my no, my theory on this is it's like if you're going to be here anywhere past this, this is your motivating thing. We're about to punch your ass down the road. Yeah. Either step the fuck up, play 15, 16 games, do it, or you're gone. Yep. This is this is like we're not fucking around anymore. And we're I'm literally hoping, calling look, you a co-starter. I'll be the first one to eat the crow if if Pete comes out and he just mauls people. I would love it. I just haven't seen. It. Go to YouTube and just search Andrews Pete and watch him maul people on screen. Watch him in a run game. I'm not watch saying him in the he cannot maul people. Corey, he saying. does it on a regular basis. Yeah. The only inconsistency with him is, is when he gets hurt. And that's a that's huge it. thing. I'm not discounting it's that at all. It's a huge thing. Yeah. I agree that that is a terrible... It is the worst thing you can be is not on the field. It's the worst thing of all. So the question is... Is he going to get back to those early years where he did play 13, 15 games? Or are we going to have the last two years where he played, I think, five, five or six, six games, yeah. and then last year maybe he played 10? We need him to we need him to win that job because he's a much better player. That's what I'm saying. Okay, I would he love is. nothing more if at some point, hopefully by week two, the depth chart doesn't have two people at left guard. But for now... It's that a is a motivational tactic. I hope it is. We don't know that. But it I'll is. is. No, we do know that. We've all seen him play. Yeah. I'm with Max. I would love no, it. We only if, know that is if we talk to the O-line coach who submitted the depth chart for the O-line. That's how we know that. I would we love it if Hurst elevated. It like You've Max never said. watched Pete play, obviously. If you I've think he every, hasn't proven anything. I've watched every game. He's made three Pro Bowls. You, you can't say he can't <laughs> he's play. He's a good player. That's not fair. Corey, it boils down to we as Saints fan will pick apart the contract because it was a fucking god awful. It was a bad contract. I don't care about the contract. But that's what we all. That's why. That's why he has his reputation. Pete I'm is about a play good player. He's Maybe, not a great I'll, player. I'll say this and he's for not me, an upper echelon guard. It's probably not even the run blocking for me. It's really just like 
when with pass blocking, you know, it's all about timing and it's all about like opportune moments. And I feel like my issues with Pete, some of the scars have been him whiffing on dudes on stunts, him guys coming through up the middle, up the A gap when it was his responsibility. I think and, there's a lot less of that on film than there you really say. is. He he's 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 reading too much Twitter. When he had a good quarterback, he performed well. When Agreed. the quarterback got the ball out no, when Carl, it should be. I'll, out. I'll give you that. Carr will help him. Yeah. Um, but anyway. We, so, we, we're on that too much. I didn't get into it much. My only take <laughs> on the offensive line is uh, I agree it's extremely important because of what Corey said. We've put the assets on offensive line. We've drafted in the first round. We've spent money on offensive line. We have a very expensive offensive line and yeah. a lot of draft capital in the offensive line. They have to be a strength of the team yeah. when you spend that much to have what you have. If they're not a strength of the team, the offensive is going to struggle. They now have a quarterback who makes them look better because he gets the ball out. They have skill receivers that are going to make plays even when they make mistakes. We've got running backs that will break a tackle that maybe they screw up a ball. They have help now. Last year, yeah. the year before, yeah. they did not. Yeah. They need to be a strength. Yeah. That's all say, I'm going to say about last, And it's a good point because I don't know if it was on Greeny. I don't know who the, the, the guy's name is. It was the, the Jets GM uh, when they drafted DeBrickishaw, Ferguson, and Nick Mangold. And he straight up said, he said, I don't care if John Elway is in this draft. We're not drafting him. We need O-line help. Yeah. So that proved a point to me. I mean, and that was smart. And I think we've done that. So, uh, but yeah, it's, we have this like precious thing in our skill players. This like, just don't drop this like incredibly valuable, breakable thing. And it's the O-line's job to keep that intact. Well, to use your analogy about the party, just don't call the cops on the party. Yeah, that's yeah, just that's, sit back yeah, and have yeah. a good time and yeah. let the skill position guys cook. That's Maybe it. I should have cut. I could. I should have cut myself off there because I had a good analogy. Yeah. Anyway, just um, the difference of Carr from Dalton. Well, and, and huge, huge. Okay, help. it's a huge, huge thing help. for the offensive yeah. line. Huge. Yeah. All right. Uh, next group we got here is D line Max. Yeah, I think we so know where you are on this one. This position group, man, I'm extremely excited about this. You know, Brian Brzee. We'll go ahead and start off with him. Um, you know, it's funny. I was I was texting with Adam the other day, you know, and somehow I was going back searching for one of the bets we made, and I found a, uh, <laughs> a screenshot of a conversation we had back in April, and we were asking about who we wanted in the draft, and I said in my cloud, Brzee was up there at the top of the list, and what I was telling him was, I said, hey man, the reality is this dude had the worst year you could possibly have, but he was a top. One recruit coming out in his class is talented beyond, you know, anyone's anyone's wildest dreams. Like the guy can do anything on the football field. So I yeah. said, this is this is you know he's one of my guys. If we stay with the uh, the draft pick we have, and you're talking you're talking to Adam from the Block Party podcast. Yeah, right? yeah. So uh, fast forward now we're what four or five months after uh, we have him on our team. You know, all all things considered, it looks like it's been a, a great return on the investment. He looks fantastic. The spin move has gone viral that he was doing <laughs> against the, uh, the Texans line. Um, he, he, to me, you know, that's, that's a guy that could be a Chris Jones type, just a total disruptor and just fuck up shit for the offensive line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, other than that, man, you know, just addition by subtraction, getting rid of Marcus Davenport, you know, on Yamada, um, those guys have been basically stealing paychecks the last couple of years, you know, getting these guys off of the team. Um, you know, Peyton Turner, it, it, it's on him at this point. What are we in year three? He needs to step up and really show us that he's going to be something in this league. You know, he, he performed pretty well in the preseason. So 
Hopefully uh, that continues into the regular season. Uh, Colin Saunders, you know, Nathan Shepard, I think both great signings. They're you upgrades. Know, they're upgrades. Yeah. You know, what we saw last year from Anyamata was, was, was not great. And it, it, it's funny to me that the Falcons gave him as much money as they did. So, you know, I'm excited to have these guys that are both, you know, Saunders is a little bit younger. I know Shepard's, he's, I want to say he's 30. Well, I heard, I think we actually got younger in total by bringing those two guys in than Onyemata. Well, on the whole team after final cut well, the whole team, yes. our average age dropped down substantially. We, but I think, we were one of the oldest teams in the league last year. We're now, I want to say, we dropped towards two, the middle of the pack. We dropped two years on average, but I'm, I'm talking even D-tackle. Like, uh, Tuttle and Onyemata leaving, Shepard and Saunders coming in. Uh, Tuttle still Tuttle is roughly the same age as Saunders. Shepard is around the same yeah, age t- as Anya Tuttle's twenty six ish. But I think yeah, it so was where, that people. No, where we got younger is with uh, Fosky, Brzee. Yeah, and then you know we still have Peyton. Peyton Turner's young man. He's only like twenty four. He's, yeah, he's, he's really young. Uh, yeah. Granderson, I want to say, is about twenty six. You know, Carl Granderson's outperformed. I mean, my God, he was. Was he? He was either a sixth or a seventh round pick, or he was undrafted. I don't remember. Either way, he's either way yeah. he's been way better than uh, than what we I'm paid for sure him. Obviously, drafted. so having him on a team, you know, he's. I would not be surprised if Granderson has eight, eight or nine sacks this year. You know, same thing with Peyton Turner. Peyton Turner seems to take into the new the new coaching staff on defense Todd, as part of the positional group. Was a great get. You know, he's responding to these guys, which uh, and look. Sometimes that's all it takes. You know, it's just a matter of the quote-unquote teacher reaching the student. Um, sure. I mean, look, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic about this group. I uh, love Brian Brzee, love Colin Saunders. Obviously love Cam Jordan. He's one of my favorite Saints ever, if not my favorite. And then uh, on the other side, Granderson. Granderson's rock solid, man. This group, to me, is giving us a lot more reason for optimism than it has over the last couple of years. Yeah, I'll say this on the D-line. Because you just, <laughs> it's hard to argue with anything you said. I don't, actually, I don't think I'm going to actually argue with anything you said. It's important to remember, too, the way we use our personnel on D-line. The way Dennis Allen has shown, uh, whether it's him or the defensive line coach he hires, uh, it's, 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 a, it's a revolving door. Sure, you have your guys that are going to log more snaps than others. But, you know it keeps the offense guessing. You know, we're not sitting there running Granderson at right defensive end every snap and then Cam Jordan on the left on every snap and, you know, letting Brzee, Brzee get... Brzee, sir. I keep doing it. I, I think I, maybe I misunderstood Roman when he said Brzee. It's stuck. I got to fix it. Anyway, um, it's not like Brzee's only coming in to give to give Saunders a break or vice versa. It's... We have multiple groupings. You know, they they they, they could have a they could have an entire package where it's uh, Saunders and Shepard on the field, even Brzee's on the field. It's so a NAS, the NASCAR. Real package. quick, I think you know, so. I think that's one of the things when you talk about our D line. In an you look earlier, at all of them pod, we discussed him being a starter or yeah. the maximum rotation exactly. player versus you know Shepard and Saunders. Do you feel? Because I think you were like. I don't know if he's going to be the lead snap getter. And yeah. Max and I were, where do you feel after seeing the three games? Where is he at today? Do you think he is the lead tackle snap getter? I don't on the, think on the he's the first. I'm not talking starting. I'm just saying who's our primary. Who's going to get the most snaps this year? I think 
after the year's all said and done, I think Colin Saunders has the most snaps at D tackle in a game. No fucking way. As as long as he stays <laughs> healthy, I think Brzee's a close second. Um, what? Yeah, because it's it's rotation. I mean, you're gonna are you have saying them. he needs time? Like based on what? Just tell me why you would think that off of what you've I, seen this preseason. I'm, I mean, I'm not saying that it's that like Colin Saunders is gonna like greatly outweigh Brzee. I think they're gonna be pretty pretty neck and neck, but. I think that... Well, hold on. Let me hype up your impending hot predictions that are going to come. Well, I, don't have any hot, I don't have any hot <laughs> predictions about Brzee. This might be the one. But all I'm saying is that you can't say the dude pulled off a few spin moves in a Texans preseason game, and therefore he should get the most snaps on defense. I know that's not what you're saying, but that's what a lot of people are saying. I'm and saying he's the best player. I'm saying he's the best player, too. He has absolutely the best potential. You're right about him being potentially Come on, come on, come on. I'm not saying potential, and you let me know if you're backing me up on this. I'm going to tell you right now, Brian Brzee is the best defensive lineman on this team. That's what I'm saying. If the guy, I hope that, okay, I'll put it this way. If he leads the team. Well, don't say sacks because he's a tackle. I wasn't, I wasn't going to say sacks. Jumping the, jumping the gun there, Max. Um, if he leads the team and sounds like sacks, but snaps <laughs> at defensive tackle, okay, and it is justified, meaning he has earned the fact that he's leading. If he just proves to be far and away, well, no, pick a playing, hill. Just say if he leads the league or leads if the he team leads the team in snaps. snaps, I will be happy, assuming that like we're not making a stupid decision doing it because I think Colin Saunders is the most, obviously the most, uh, has the best combination of experience and effectiveness and talent? No. So where does Brzee fit in on NFL experience? I'm not worried about experience. experience. He's infinitely more talented. But I just just said Colin Saunders has the best combination of talent, experience, and effectiveness. I think the talent gap's huge. Yeah, I think the talent gap is huge. That's what you're weighing, experience versus talent gap. Because Talent experience wins. is Talent very important. And again, I don't want to get it lost. <laughs> We're not. Because we do this where it's like, you said Brzee was shit. I'm not saying The that. one thing I'll they're, say that again, backs again, Corey up. Again, they're neck and neck. But I, I just think if we if we look at Dennis Allen's history, okay, the look, the rookie's going to be great. Brzee, I'm with you, man. He's going to be great. He's going to be great this year. And he might be great this year. I don't but know I think, be great But this I think year. the guys with the experience are going to, even if – Saunders logs three more snaps than Brzee. I still think that Brzee is not the leader in snaps played on the defensive line because there will inevitably inevitably be situations where you don't want him facing some kind of offensive line scheme that he gets sucked up into, opens up a hole. So you want the like, smaller guy facing it. I want the more experienced guy. And like I hear what Corey's saying, and know, I'm going to say one thing about the spin move because after the Texas game, he got blown apart. The spin move was very ineffective the previous two games. He spun his way out of position a lot. But his skill level, you see it. Yes. It's just not disciplined yet. I just have to think they're going to be like, I want that going on, and I want a a more of an anchor to make sure it's not a catastrophe if he does something stupid. So that's a guy who can make a true difference. The other guys, to me, are NFL-caliber rotational defensive tackles that are good players— that this dude can make can disrupt and, shit. And, and I'll, let be me say first, this. I'll be I, the first to say I don't have the knowledge to say like when you look when you watch Baldy breakdowns, right? I don't have the knowledge of that dude. 
All I know is that you do see plays where it's like a goal-to-go situation or a fourth and one, and there's inevitably, the, if the defense loses on a fourth and one or in a goal-to-go situation, it's largely because there's some D-tackle or some defensive lineman that gets washed out of the play. Mm-hmm. And if, I'm not saying we're not going to be throwing every D-tackle we got in there in that situation, but who's more likely to get washed versus the guy to know what the offensive line is up to, knows the tricks, and stays where they need to stay? It's the guy with NFL experience that's going to stay where he needs to stay, not the rookie. That's, you know. I agree with that, but there's a guy who can make a mistake and still Make win. up for it, yeah. And he's the only one. In yep. certain situations. True. But I just think you're going to want that on the field the most of your options, is Agreed. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's that, all. That makes, let me say this. I'm not basing any opinion sense. on Brzee based off of a fucking spin move that goes viral. I brought that up well, that's in jest. <laughs> the reality is I've been telling you guys about Brzee for a long time. He was the number one recruit in the country coming out. On an earlier episode, we had Roman on here talking about yeah. how yeah. the uh, Clemson coaches were saying this dude was the best player on the team. Yes. A team which included first pick in the draft, Trevor Lawrence, you know, first round running back, Travis Etienne, the receivers, the defensive linemen, all of that. So, And let me bring it back because I am amped about Brzee. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm fucking excited about this guy. I love that the spin move actually did work because we remember Dwight Freeney in the spin move. He was doing that in like year 12 where he perfected it. Uh, my concern with Brazil in the spin move was that he would just get washed out of the play. If he tries it, it'll go lateral, not upfield, but he, he looked like a 12 year vet doing it against the Texans. So like, I'm extremely encouraged by what he's shown. Um, and I'm huge on Brazil. I, I just, I, if in terms of who's going to get more snaps, if we're talking about Dennis Allen, not my preference, I think it's not going to be him. I didn't talk about D-line at all, and I'm not going to. I think I agree mostly with both of you. The only thing I'll say, I think the Peyton Turner component, I think that draft year is a monster year for this defense. If Adebo can make a step and Peyton Turner make a step, the defense is a problem. That's a great point. And You're right. You're right. So that's the only thing I'm going to say about the D-line, I think y'all covered all of it. Cam and all that, I think y'all nailed it. I'm, I don't have anything to add to that. Nick proving once again that concision is a virtue. <laughs> um, anyway, linebackers. Linebackers. So we start with Demario Davis, obviously. Amazing player, all pro, one of the best free agent signings in Saints history. Pete Werner, a Nick Shea favorite. You know, he uh, took a big step up last year. I think he continues his ascension this year and uh, does even better. Uh, The rest of the team, Jalen Smith right now, practice squad. I mentioned him above the other guys because I do think he gets called up to the main roster and plays a pivotal role at some point this season. Uh, The other guys, you know, you got DeMarco Jackson, Nefai Sewell. You know, I mean, they they did solid in the preseason, but I think Jalen Smith is the one that gets called up if anything happens to Warner or DeMario. So top two guys I feel great about. The other one's still some question marks. There's potential, but, you know, hopefully the uh, top two guys stay healthy. Yeah, and I'm with you on, on linebacker. We, we've we talked a lot about linebacker off air. It's just, you know, you know who the, you know who your dudes are. You know who your guys are. You know, it, it just – Davis and Warner got to stay healthy. Um, it was interesting to see, you know, how much effect it has yet to be seen, but interesting to see how they handled the – uh, you know, keep Zach Bond on the 53, Jalen uh, Smith at the 
practice squad. And uh, I think a, a really good take was, uh, I don't know if Underhill put it out there or somebody else, was just that they told Jalen that, like, look, we want you on the team, but you're on the practice squad because if anything happens to, you know, one of the guys in those top two spots, you're going to be elevated. You're essentially a backup that's not on the 53. That was my only kind of interesting move from the linebackers. Otherwise, yeah, it's just it's just health, man. Like, we don't play that many of them. It's not the Dome Patrol days we play four. We play two. And then the same every now and then. So, yeah. um, what do you got, Nick? It, this is a potential disaster position for us. <laughs> well, I, we can, we can like, weather a, a disaster better at linebacker than O-line, but go on, go on. Maybe so. <laughs> uh, you know, if we lose a guard, Hurst or Pete comes in. Maybe, maybe Dude, if Demario goes down, we're in deep shit. I'm just going to tell comes in. Agree. Agree. Uh, he does, but that's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. And the death worries me here. I love Pete. Y'all know that. I think Pete makes a step. We At some point, we have to acknowledge DeMario's 34 years old. The guy is a freak of nature to be doing what he's doing at this age. There just aren't linebackers yeah. in this era that have done that. The, to be all pro at 33 it's years old, such a tough that's position. not a such... There's no such thing. I don't think Ray Lewis did that. So, like... If he's him or even close, and he can play a whole season again, we're good. But we are an injury away from this being a disaster position for us. So that's where I stand on. I love the two starters; they're incredible. They're absolutely, you know, two of probably my favorite five players on the team. After that, I worry a lot, and I like Jalen Smith as a backup. But as a backup, I, if he had to come in for Demario, I think we're in a little bit of trouble there. That's all I gotta say. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean it's a. Uh... He came in, said his piece, said it's a disaster if something happens, and boom. Yeah, Nick, Nick coming over the cons- – I mean, there's hot takes, there's concise takes. Like, it's a disaster. I mean, but not – but you're right. It's, it's not yet. It's not a, no, it's it not a hot be. take. It's not a hot take. It, it, it's pretty – look, it's spot on until proven otherwise. I it's, love the starters. Uh, love them. I'm not saying Nephew Sewell can't play, but if he's starting a game for us. Yeah, he's got a lot to prove. Um, all right, our next position, we're going to go DBs. Uh, you know – we know our strengths here, I think. What you got, Max? Yeah, so Marshawn Lattimore, I, I'll be honest with you, I'm a little concerned about his nagging injury that is lingering into uh, this season. I know he was limited in practice this week, so he's not 100% going in against New Hopkins in week one. That's a little bit concerning. Um, hopefully he can shake it off and get back to 100% because he was ready and primed to prove that he is a top three corner in the league before this injury you know I think he was dialed in and when I say top three he wasn't two or three in that scenario the way he was trending so hopefully he can shake off that injury pretty quickly and get back to 100 percent uh Paulson Adebo right now is running number two great preseason great training camp you know Alante Taylor running number three in the nickel I think he can be really good in that spot I'm a little concerned because he's been primarily an outside corner for us, so let's see if he can adjust and do the uh, do what needs to be done inside the uh, slot. Uh, the other guys at corner, who's the other one? Yadam. Yadam. Don't know. Don't know shit about him, other than the fact that people, the legits, well, were hyping him up. He played in some games last year. I was he looking got it in up. on it special was, teams when we picked him up. Yeah, he didn't play any primary snaps in the uh, defensive backfield, but look, he performed on special teams and obviously did something in training camp to earn his uh, spot on the team. Safety, 
Honey Badger, year two, I think he gets off to a much quicker start than he did last year. You know, last year we've been over it a few times about how he got off to a very slow start, but he finished strong. He wasn't up and down, he was down and up. I think this year he's going to (laughs) start off strong, and then he'll uh, carry it through the whole season. Marcus May, you know, who knows what's going on as far as suspension. Haven't been impressed with him at all. It's been, to me, a huge downgrade going from uh, having Marcus Williams on the team to having Marcus May on the team. That and was I think a big they, mistake. I want to say they're the same class. draft class. Y'all are gonna they have the same first name, take. and one of them's really good, and the other one's not. So uh, as far as the backups, Jordan Howden, what was he, the uh, fifth or sixth round pick? This kid's got a future. You know, would not shock me if he ends up being the, the, the best or the second best pick from this draft. I think he gets meaningful snaps this year right out of the gates. I want to say, I feel like he's going to be the third safety right away. Uh, the other guys, yeah, yeah. Ugo Amadi had a really good preseason, a good training camp, was, was flashing left and right. Uh, Lonnie Johnson, position versatility, plays corner and safety, so always good to have. Overall, this is probably our strongest position group on the team. If not, yeah. it's in the top two. So I feel good about the position group. I just want to, I want to see them get off to a quicker start than last year. It felt like they were slow out of the gates, and that cost us. Hopefully this year they can get cranking pretty early. Yeah, I think this group, it's shock, not shocking, but it comes down to whether Lattimore can get healthy and be truly Lattimore quality because – he just gives such a head start for like the rest of the DBs. You know, if if a Debo is your number two and not not burdened with being the number one, it just kind of resets the whole backfield. And then it gives DA, who kind of comes from that more DB background, so much more ability to kind of tinker and play chess with his DBs, which is the position group that has the most number of men on the field on our defense. You know what I mean? Like we run the nickel like we we got four d linemen you got two linebackers all right the most dudes on the field are dbs so if Lattimore stays healthy look out if he's spotty it's going to be a little bit harder um i agree with you on how howden was the fifth fifth round pick pick 146 he's got huge potential it's kind of like brzee whether it turns into starting i mean if brzee's a leg ahead but whether or not Howden gets starting snaps this year we'll see um but he's definitely got the appears to have the tool set necessary to do so um honey badger is going to be honey badger he had 90 91 tackles last year um some reasons for that i'm not as down on marcus may as y'all are i'll get into that later so nick okay so we still have our fearless predictions so uh nick what you got uh i think it's pretty evident my the way I feel about Lattimore I think he's a top three corner in the league yeah. I don't think just everything he brings to the table it's more than just being that locked in I mean the Mike Evans stuff is always fun for social media and stuff like that but let's acknowledge that Mike Evans is like a guaranteed hall of famer and he, when he just stomps on his neck and that's yes, his personality. Mike Evans guaranteed all of him. We're mean, not getting that as better now, but he is. He's a guaranteed all. I mean, every year he's been in the league, thousand yards. He's going to have a hundred touchdowns okay. when you're tired. But you're he's right. He's almost guaranteed. You're right. Makes so, him look like his child. And he is the dog of the defense. He's the one who takes shit off of no one. 
everyone gets on him about the personal fouls and stuff like that. It's like you're not doing that on us. I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm going to shut this down. He's the one who steps up into that yeah. role, and you need one of those guys, no matter who it is. Even though a couple of those in the past years were maybe bad decisions, it's you're not doing that on us. You're not showing us up. We're going to hit you all damn day, and that's what's going to come at you. That's You need one of those guys in defense. He is it. He has to be healthy. He's been healthy his whole career, let's be honest. Last year was the anomaly of his career. I, so I don't want to overreact to having a weird injury that's kind of a – a very strange injury that happened. Yeah. Other than that, he played I think 14 games every or more every year he played. He's very consistent. Started, you know, was available until last year, and last year was unfortunate. When he played last year, when he came back, yeah. the defense looked like a completely different defense. Yep, and that's what he does to the team. So for him, for me, he's that level of top defensive player in the league. After that. I mentioned it just a few minutes ago. Adebo, to me, if Adebo makes a small jump, just a small jump, this is an impossible secondary to deal with. If you have yeah. two guys that are locking people down, the third thing I'll say is Taylor needs to be on the field. Forget a third safety. If there's a third safety and Taylor's not in the slot, He's he needs nickel. to be the third safety. Yeah. He needs to be on the field. No matter what role it is, move him around, move Adebo inside every once in a while, move him outside, change it up. Get him well, on the field. Wasn't the same court. You go back to the Kenny Vaccaro days, and they put Kenny Vaccaro at fucking strong side linebacker. Yeah. I mean, like put that. That's what I'm saying. Move like, May up. We're we're facing a two receiver set multiple times. Move May up. Let him play. Was, let Tony Badger roam. Put Taylor on the free. Like just let the guy. There were snaps where plays. Vaccaro actually technically played defensive end. Like put him wherever you need to put bad him. At well, he was also bad at defensive end. At every position. So <laughs> he was bad matter. at safety and he was bad. Let's not, he, not toot his horn. He had a few good games. He had a few good games. The best but game he ever played was when I got is, to watch Steve Smith beat him up. This system can put a player who's talented enough wherever they <laughs> right. want to put the guy. And that's so, what I'm saying. That's yeah. what I want. I want him in the games. Yeah, that's so, what I got to say. All right. DB's biggest position group, kicker punter. Let's go quick because we got Kicker Bruno. I'm excited. Predictions after this, man. I'm excited because if you guys will remember after the oh, uh, draft, oh we know, I talked about the possibility of Lou Headley and Blake Groupie. I think actually I mentioned the other kicker. The uh, we history. talked about this last week. We actually all said we would love to see Hartley go and go with Groupie. That we agreed. Not Hartley Lutz. Sorry, but, Jesus Christ, yeah. I'm losing my mind tonight. But Lutz, we all were for that trade just to get the contract off to get flexibility if we need to fill a roster spot. We, were we all were trade. in agreement. Yeah, you know what? In, in lieu of going around the room, let's just get it out of the way. We're all we happy agree. that Lutz yeah. got traded. We saved the salary cap room. All things being equal, Groupie and Lutz looked the same in the preseason. We got the cheaper guy. Headley, Gillikin, honestly, they were both kind of bad in the preseason. But from what the uh, Saints special teams coordinator was yeah. saying about the different styles of kicks that Headley brings to the table. His net. The net out. The net, yeah. He can so, throw look, the ball under the roof of the Superdome. And it's still the same net as Gillikin who hits line drives. Exactly. So, so Headley, Headley's story is cool as fuck. The guy plays a fucking unit <laughs> as a 30-year-old rookie punter. I'm all for it. I will Bring tell our, our listeners to do this fun little exercise. Go to the Saints, NewOrleansSaints.com website, and they have a new little thing, the faces of the 53-man roster. And if you think of the alphabetical order, that's what it's in. You go from, like, Granderson to Groupie. <laughs> and then after Groupie gets Hainer, and then you get to Headley. It's like there's no bigger contrast. You see Headley, and he's just what well, the up. funniest thing ever. I forgot what account it was on Twitter, but somebody tweeted that uh, there was a picture side by side of Will Lutz, 
Lou Headley, and they were like, Lou Headley looks like Will Lutz if he got into drugs. And it's yeah, the yeah, that, that was I've seen it. That while. was good. It was like almost photoshopped to 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 look like that, but it wasn't. All right, so now we have given you all you wanted to know about position breakdowns for this year. We're moving into fearless predictions. So each of us will give three, and we'll be hit it and quit it on it. And, yeah, and uh, I think I think it's only right that we save you for last to see if you're going to die on Caden Ellis Mountain again. Well, Caden so Ellis plays for the you, Falcons. You go ahead and let your, you your can fearless your predictions you slash hot takes, let them marinate for a few minutes, and then the, the other two of us will go ahead and go. Oh, You, you let you, them marinate, and we're going to get you to you in a few minutes. You don't think they've been marinating, and I brought them in like a big-ass Tupperware and Ziploc bags all the way over here? Let them I mean, gestate they, for a little been, bit longer. They've been gestating. And we're going to start off with Nick. Nick, what you got? Uh, I don't know how outlandish they are, but they don't need to be outlandish. That's for court. Don't worry. I'll I make, wanted I'll, them to be. So I'll make I, up for it. I want them to be plausible, but also a little bit out there, maybe. And maybe these aren't. But I'm gonna start with Carr because I think the whole team, it, it all hinges on his performance with us. How well we do this year. So I'm gonna say he completes seventy percent of his passes this year, makes the Pro Bowl, and leads the league in completion percentage. Seven. If he completes 70, he Love will it. lead the league. But he could. He could. So that's, that's high. If these one. are slightly bold, that's, that's what I'm going with. I think, I think I'm betting on him. Y'all all know I, I went on the, you know, on his bandwagon. I think you did it during, years ago. during an episode. You went. Yeah. <laughs> Number two, I, I mentioned this earlier. I'm saying Mike Thomas plays 14 games and has 80 catches. How many yards? A thousand. Okay. Um, not not a banner year, not an offensive player of the year year, obviously, but he's back and he changes the way we operate on offense is, is what I think is going to happen. Um, kind of a downsized version of his, his glory years. That's Third new, one, that's because I feel like I'm forced to make this claim. Carmichael Proust 2022 was a, <laughs> a fluke and the Saints are a top 10 offense. Good Lord, year. I like hope it. you are right. I would never... Feel better about saying Nick. God damn it, you told us. Yeah, I will. I will kiss the ring if that happens. Yep. So that's my three. All right, you're Max. Right. All right, cool. So let's see. I got one similar to yours, Nick. But first, first things first, I'm gonna go ahead and say Juwan Johnson does have the Darren Waller like season. Okay, this I is like one of the old. I picture uh, somewhere between. 78 and 85 catches. It's like the He's old school going ESPN. over 1,000 yards. Put it on the board. He's going over 1,000 <laughs> yards, and he's going to have 10 touchdowns. All right, all right. I think he is pro bowler, and it gets he's probably second team all pro, pending what Travis Kelsey does. Uh, let's see. Might second, Mark Andrews. Second, I'm going to go ahead and say, I'm going to go with Derek Carr, you know, just to piggyback off what Nick said. I think the offense goes as he goes, and I think he has a monster year. I'm not going to predict specific stats. What I am going to say is he's an absolutely he's a pro bowler. I'm going to say this guy is getting MVP votes at yeah. the end of the season. Yeah. You know, I'm picturing somewhere around 38 touchdown passes. Jeez. That's a lot. I'm That's going big. I like I'm going it. big. I like it. Look. This is this is supposed to be bold. If Carr's got thirty eight touchdown passes. He better be getting MVP votes. Exactly. So I'm going big okay. with that. Okay. I love it. I love it. And then uh, number three, I've gone back and forth. You know, I might give you a uh, 
a co-number three here. Number one is Kamara bounces back big time, has 12 touchdowns. Overall, not just rushing, rushing, receiving. Kamara bounces back, even with the three-game suspension. Yeah. He's going to have 12-plus touchdowns. And I think my guy, Cam Jordan, he is going to hit career-high in sacks. Woo! Come on now, Cam. 16 sacks. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say he gets 15 sacks. Okay. So you're gonna say 15 and a half. Wait, 15 and a half is his record, right? Is that correct, or am I wrong? No, he's only. I think he's eight away from the Saints' record. Well, no, no, no. I'm saying, uh, are you saying an, his personal individual season record? His personal individual season. He's What's gonna that get number 15, right now? Is he 15 and a half? I thought it was 15 and a half. It's low teens, but put it this way. I mean, you know, you two, you two old guys over here. There's a lot of guys your age that love to play golf on the weekends, and can can I, you know. They're a little bit older than y'all, not much. And they say, I shoot my age in golf. So Cam <laughs> is trying to shoot his his, so he, his, his years of experience. 15 and a half. Okay, 15 and a half. I have. Fuck it. We're going to go and say he gets he 16. It. You're going 16. I'm going right. 16. I feel like the offense is going to perform so well. A lot of chances. Under Derek back. Carr that the, the defense is going to be in attack mode late in the season is going to be able to get pressure. I want to piggy that real qu- piggyback that real quick because there's another component to that where <laughs> if he is, the quarterbacks we're facing and the offenses we're facing could present a lot of chances. Exactly. Games. A lot of young guys, rookies, and all of that. Yeah, inexperience, so. tons of it. I'm not trying to argue with either of y'all. I would love to see all of these things happen. So you're saying, I think it's a good benchmark for him. He's what, year 13? That was... Very 16 would be crazy. But. Widely publicized. I think the benchmark for Cam, can you have as many sacks as you have years of experience? It's a good little benchmark. Yes. All right. So, I don't really have anything. Ha! Bullshit. What do okay. you Okay. All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right. So, we'll lead off with what might be the hottest out of my takes. Because we'll save got, the hottest for last. Come and, on. You want me to? Okay. Because All right. All right. All right. Do it how you want to do it. Do your thing. Go. Okay, the third hottest. You mentioned Mike Mike Thomas having 80 catches. Uh Uh-oh. I'm putting him back in the 100 club. Oh, God. And uh, I think, and I'll I'll be quick on my explanation. So do you prefer Nick Wright or Skip Bayless? Those dudes suck, man. It's Nick Bayless. Right, so like I said, do you... Are they, you Nick Bayless? No, we're neither. I swear to God, the, those guys can can eat. All right, go ahead. Tell things, us what it things is. Things I can't even say on explicit. Hundred catches for what? Hundred for what? I don't I, look. It's just the catch. It, the take is the catch number. Okay. Okay. Because so hundred for eight hundred. I still think the the that'd be fine. I'd be fine with that. Actually. <laughs> it could be. It could be. But I still think the yardage leader is Alave. But I think Mike Thomas goes back to that hundred catch club. And if you look at it, it's not about Mike Thomas. It's a lot about Derek Carr. The past three seasons, so before this, Carr has had a 100-catch receiver. Uh, 2019, the fourth season back, he's had a 90-catch receiver. And even when he had Amari uh, Cooper and Crabtree, they had 83 to 89 receptions respectively. Mm -hmm. We got better guys than those, and Carr is better now. So it ain't out of the realm. All right, let's get your second one. Okay, the second one is, talking about Hemi Graham. Shout out to Elise on the Discord for Black Party, but Jesus Jimmy, Christ. Himmy, Graham Calm down. will have nine touchdowns. Nine. We all love the number nine. That is more, to me, that's more feasible than your uh, Michael Thomas. He's going to have, he, he's, he hung out with Drew in San Diego. 
It's his favorite guy. As a tribute to his favorite quarterback, Jimmy Graham will have nine touchdowns this year. His lowest as a Saint, besides his rookie year, was nine. He had eight touchdowns with Foles and Trubisky throwing the ball to him. Yeah, and look, honestly, you don't need to back this one up. I could see yeah. nine. Happening. Okay, all right. So the one y'all are gonna That's fucking still hate is that I'm not down. Kane Ellis, defensive player of the year. In <laughs> I'm not down on Marcus May. I'm not. I think he stays healthy this year. I don't know when his his suspension is going to hit. But if you look historically at the Saints' strong safety position, yes, Honey Badger had 91 tackles as free safety. But I think Marcus May finishes the year. Not going to say the leading tackler because we still have DeMario and Warner on the team, but Marcus May will finish in top three in tackles if he plays 16 or 17 games. If he does not, because of the suspension, he will finish top three in average tackles per game played. So let me say this. i got to be honest with you. I'm kind of disappointed. I, mean, I expected I a lot better <laughs> than Marcus May. I, I tried I, to go with him first, man. It's also incorrect. <laughs> I, I'm disappointed. <laughs> I tried to go with him first. No, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a little disappointed. I we feel all like talk about him, but I mean... I walked out of the theater, and I'm kind of like, why did I pay tickets for that movie? Well, that's the true works of art. I'm not dogging eh, him. You know. I just don't eh. think he's that impactful of a player after the injury. I think that's a reach. I don't. It, but I, it, it, it's a reach, but, but it's not It's not like Caden Ellis Mountain I don't know if we're good reach. if that happens. We might be a worse team if that happens. Yeah, honestly. I mean, did, did, you, did you want me to say that I uh, told the Saints... To draft Saldaveri out of ODU, or I want you to listen to this in the off season. So nine, ten months you mean from in now, in the season, I want you to listen to this After in the, the off season. season and bring something better next year. Oh, you you let oh, me you... down. I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm disappointed. Look, all right, we got to get I, into these predictions. I mean, for the, for the team, Corey, you I'll, let me down. You let me down. I'm sorry. <laughs> Look, I think I think MT in the hundred catch club. Is I don't see people saying everyone saying he's take. no. That's a good everyone saying he's that, not that's the hundred. Fine, that's a solid. But you get that take. right. That's that's solid. I, I no, think that my, I think that my take about Marcus May is so out there, and I, no one else is saying it. It doesn't even get you going. Eh. The third leading tackler on a team. I mean, that could just that's happen really by not, default. I yeah, that's, I can't put him leading because you know that's leading. not a hot take. That's that's a, that's a loop. Let me ask you this. Fine. Fine, Corey, if Marcus May is our third leading tackler, who how good of a defense do we have? No one knows. Great. You want your safety tag like leading your team in taxes? Yeah, Let's you don't look, you don't want him to be that not leading, up. but you want third. I mean, if you look Why back you to his third? jets. That means if he's playing at the line a lot, the yes, I agree. Because your your linebackers are stuffing it at five and below. That's why your linebackers are your leading tackle. I'm disappointed. Let's move on to right, the next go. category. So hey. final <laughs> final record prediction. Most importantly, I would say. We'll yeah. have to, we'll have to um, I will have a lot more hot I probably had more hot takes during the not during the portion that, that wasn't, wasn't hot. That, that, that's, a, that's a lukewarm take. That's fine. Well, give me two. It's right. God damn it. It's fine. Right. It's poor. So This right. is the only thing that matters to everybody here. Yeah. What's our record? Okay. Well, real quick. Um, we did... We're not going game by game. Just give no, us we're not going record. game by game, but, but we've got to pull it up. The uh, When we did it, we, we don't game need to by pull game. It up. I don't need to pull shit up. I no, know my number. We, okay, Max had him so, 15 and 2, right? Corey Was it actually 15 and 2? They were 15 and 2. It was bad. But what did I say after? I said no. This you is said wrong. eleven and six. You agree with me after yes. eleven and six? Corey, Correct. give us a number. We don't need to pomp in circumstance. You go ahead, Nick. Um, I'm going to bump it a game. I, I I came in at eleven when we went game by game. Uh, for no reason whatsoever, I feel a little bit better, and I think we go twelve and five. I think we're the three seed. We win our first playoff game. 
and then we would need some luck after that. I think we're we're outmatched if we get to that level going to Philly or to San Fran, most likely. If they're healthy, that's going to be tough matchups for us this year. Um, but I'm going to say 12-5, and five, three seed, one playoff win, um, really good team, run it back next year. Okay, Michael, so what you got? Yeah, our schedule breakdown had 13-4. and four. Uh, I don't think this is one of those, even though it's an extra game, I don't think this is – I'm not ready to say it's a 13-win Saints team, so I'm going back, saying 12-5, and five, like Nick. Um the loss I added that I hated hated to do, but I didn't see one anywhere else. It's the Falcons in Atlanta off the bye week. Fuck but you, man! I hate I hate to do, do it. Pod. I didn't see any, but I think we get them in the end. The last game of the year. Okay, so you, I was wrong. You were thirteen and four, not fourteen and three. Yeah, and you're going back to twelve. I'm okay. going back to twelve and five. But but here's the I, I we lose at Green Bay. I took I put us at a win in Titans, and I put us back on the winning column for the for the uh, the Bears. But the point is, look, 12-5, and five, I think we – that wins us the division. Um, I just can't say yet that this is one of those teams that's like top one, two seeds. We could. We have the potential. We have the potential to be back where we were in the 2019-type, the 2018-type season. Um, I think we win a, We definitely win a playoff game. And honestly, it depends on the matchup. I think we – I think this team – it reminds me at minimum of the 2016. We make the NFC Championship. And I don't have time to go through it right now. Maybe a later episode. But I did do some deep diving. And I looked up season predictions. Because we've talked about how Cam Jordan wants to get Carr back to Vegas. We've talked about Super Bowl. The predictions on the 2009 Saints team are very similar to this team. A lot of people had us third in the division. Some people had us winning the division. It was a pretty good mixed bag uh there's a really good article maybe i'll post to our twitter so everybody can read it not enough time to talk about it right now but you know i kind of like that we're not the consensus number one in the division there's people going with the falcons now I'd i say think we're the this consensus team, number one i would say we're not unanimous number one we're but I, I wouldn't say it, we're consensus no we're dude. not i've seen, seen way more no, putting no. us first than Man, we people might, are loving the falcons we might have a plurality of you know, division champions. We're saying picks. consensus. We're talking majority. You've seen more Falcons. No, consensus than doesn't mean no, I it's, it's split. Pretty. It's split. It's yeah. like fifty-one. It's like fifty plus one percent. Like a yeah, stupid ass Agreed. presidential election. It's like not consensus. So yeah, I like kind of where this team stands. I think minimum NFC Championship berth. Whoa! All right. Yeah. All right. So keeping with the theme, I'm going to go twelve and five. You know, I know the going game by game, I, my number was astronomically high, but I did <laughs> say at the end that we were going to go 11 and 6. I've amended this. We're going 12 and 5. Okay. We win our division. We have the number one seed because to me, the NFC is going to beat up on itself Holy this year. Oh, shit. There's going to be a lot of teams. Did you look at San Fran's schedule? This could be the. F- I don't hey, know. I'm not. Bu- Blake Pert, uh, Brock Purdy has I know. not. Just, just let me let me roll with this. Just so I'm gonna say we're 12 and five. Miraculously, we win a tiebreaker to get the number one seed. Uh, to me, there's gonna be three a three way split. I was gonna say it's gonna be three or four way tie. We're gonna for the first time ever, we're gonna win the fucking tiebreaker instead of losing every tiebreaker <laughs> like we always have. Gonna win some NFC games. We win the fucking Super Bowl. Call Let's it right here. go. 
That's 27 years in a row. Max has picked the Saints to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> hey, we <laughs> had to have it. That's like 44, dude. Come on. <laughs> I like that we have levels. We all picked the same exact record. Nick's got us exiting. I got us going to NFC Championship. Max, credit to you, my friend. Super Bowl. I will never. Wait, wait, wait. Pause real quick. You're I saying will never Super not Bowl? pick us to win the Super Bowl. Okay, you're saying win the Super Bowl. Fuck it. We're winning. That's heavy. All right. No, Cam, look. Cam to, gets his come wish. Come on, come on. Derek to Corey's point, wish. to Corey's point, there are so many similarities to the setup of this season to what it was in 2006 and 2009. Yeah, yeah. The 2006 team obviously could not seal the deal. The 2009 team did. But there were so many parallels, and it just it, it, it feels yeah. like this team – is is not being hyped up at all, you know. Like Coy said, team, you know, other people are, are hyping up the Falcons mainly. You know, some people have hyped up the uh, the Panthers as well, but it's mainly the Falcons or the yeah. They, uh, they they got a case of the Bijan butt, hey. you know. They up the Bijan so, butt. So to me, you had to get a fucking dad joke in. I love Max predictions. I had to it's do like, it. Like, the Saints will win the Super Bowl against Sean Payton. For for whoever's <laughs> listening at this point, you, you heard the, you heard the Bijan butt. No, uh, so I I don't know the AFC team, but. Uh, yeah, fuck it. We'll say the Chiefs. Let's just go ahead and say the Saints are going to win the Super Bowl. Can we make it the Broncos and just just no? Crush? The Broncos are not making the Super Bowl. They can't. They can't. They can't. They but can't. let's right. wrap it up. This there was a marathon. Yeah. So all right, I got to get ready for the game. Look, we're, we're a couple hours away. If you're still listening, thank you for being such a loyal listener to this podcast. But that's going to wrap up our official first twenty-eight to three podcast. 2023 Saints season preview. Um, our next episode, we will have some friends of the podcast, uh, but that'll be posted shortly. But anyway, uh, we went through a lot. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the 28 to 3 podcast. Who that? What a comeback!